Hi, my name is Greg Dean. Welcome to the Explore Life podcast. It's Explore Life because you have one life, but you have limitless stories and limitless possibilities. Today, I'm joined with a friend of mine, Terry, and today we are talking about the moral consistency of veganism. One thing I have learned in my life is that when your morals are inconsistent, it creates a character weakness, a great flaw in your character that stops you from moving forward or upward to a greater place. And that is something that other people can exploit. How are you, Terry? Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Awesome. Tell me a little bit about your background and quickly how you became a vegan and then a vegan animal rights activist. Uh, background, I'm born and raised in the UK and joined the Merchant Navy as a 17-year-old, took me around the world, met an Australian lady or young young woman in uh, 1983, um, decided to move to Australia, got married, got divorced. Uh, I've been here since, been back to the UK, spent some time in the Philippines where I became vegan in 2016 after you know, witnessing a, witnessing something, discovered what veganism was about. Yeah, that's part of my story. The word vegan itself is seems to have some negative connotations around it, whereas when I first went vegan, I didn't tell anybody I was going vegan. And in fact, I didn't really even use that word. I didn't want to tell anybody I was vegan or looking for that word. I just removed meat, dairy and eggs from my diet. And then when I would go out eating, uh, I would eat anything else. And that was it. So I still didn't even consider the word vegan. So it seems to have some negative connotation to it. Why do you think that is? Because I think of the misconception of what non-vegans think being vegan is. They, they already perceived it to be difficult to be vegan. So then that's their reason to not be vegan. And yet it is actually so easy. So it, it's something that they that you can't do 100%. So why do anything at all? Or that they perceive it to be very difficult. You know, look at the comments we get. You just eat lettuce. You just eat vegetables. When I first told my stepfather, he said, what are you going to eat? Just rice, because I was in the Philippines. Just rice. I'm in a country full of delicious vegetables, exotic vegetables and fruits. He knew that. That's how they see it. Do they, is it because they want to see it like that so they don't have to be? That's their excuse. No, I, I didn't have any excuses, Greg. I, I Before... 2016 in August, I had only had heard of the word vegan once and I asked a non-vegan what it meant. The person who told me what it was said, it's people who don't eat meat, dairy and eggs and stuff like that. And I shrugged my shoulders and said, oh yeah, okay. And that was it. It's the only ever time I'd ever heard the word vegan. I know that's very sheltered for my age. Being an activist is the next step uh, in cultural awareness. It's doing the next step to evolve everybody around you. It's not just at that point trying to evolve yourself. It's about evolving others around you for a very powerful reason which has affected you as the person who has connected the dots, whereas those people who have not connected the dots see you as a little bit crazy 
because you've gone to the deeper level. Use a different example and look at somebody who, say, uses the computer for email, internet browsing, social media, and then there is the programmer. And the programmer looks at the code and says, you have no idea how much potential your laptop actually has because you're just using it for internet browsing, playing some games, doing social media. But with your laptop, I can crack into other systems. I know code, I know programming. And that for that programmer is living at a deeper level as somebody who just uses their computer every day. In terms of why people go vegan, it is that deeper level of connectedness than most people have. They say love an animal. I love dogs or I love cats, but that's a selfish love because they love that dog and that cat because of what that dog gives them or what that cat gives them. What a vegan is doing is connecting to the fact that it's not about say you, Terry, loving an animal. It's about that animal living its own life in peace and connecting to the fact that you don't want to do any harm to that being. You know, I started to say that you don't even need to love animals or even like them to know it's wrong to cut their head off for sand. You know, as we speak, I have a rabbit just bouncing around my leg. I wish I could film it and just show you. But to that yeah. rabbit... There's some cause or reason that is causing that rabbit that I have here, that I adopted, to bounce around for enjoyment. He clearly looks like he's enjoying it, the process of doing that. There's a level of enjoyment that um, even a child would get enjoyment from, from bouncing around, running around the house. No different from what this rabbit is experiencing right now. But you don't need to love rabbits to understand that they're experiencing joy. You know, we see that. In Facebook comments, you know, how do you know the animal doesn't want to die? Well, you can tell when they're trying to get out of a burning, you know, bushfire or they're trying to get out of a, a flood, you know, because they know what happens if they don't get out of the fire or the flood. They know. That tells us they know. Near my home, I see trucks driving by with cattle and they're making their noise, looking out uh, onto the road as if it's some type of uh, nervous adventure or with fear. Their eyes are wide. They look scared. Um, They're crowded together. And I just imagine myself in another country where I don't speak the language. Let's just say I land in North Korea or China or someplace that is not friendly to my nation and I don't understand the language. And these people are yelling at me. They're kicking me. They're making me move from cage to cage. And every time I scream out, they don't want to understand my language or they don't understand my language. I'm asking to call home or let somebody know that I'm, I'm, I'm alive, but they don't. And they have no interest in trying to understand me at all. And then when I look at uh, what an animal is experiencing, I see the same thing. They cannot scream out. They cannot cry. But you know, just like this rabbit running around me right now having fun, that they're having an experience which is causing them suffering. I saw a great comment, read a great comment, and I kept it, and I'm, I'm going to use it. This industry, the meat, dairy, egg industry, makes the Nazis look like a scout group. I'm struggling to really understand how people can look at history and see what happened to the Nazis and yet believe that 
how they're living now is moral in any way, shape or form. I've recently, in the last few days, had a conversation with someone close to me and told him about my experience in the Philippines. And his response in the UK was, you know, we should be glad it's not like that all around the world. And unbeknown to him, because he won't watch anything that I've asked him to watch, um, it's probably worse in the UK. They get abused all their life. There's things that go on RSPCA approved in Australia and the UK that uh, you, you wouldn't do to your worst enemy. And this is RSPCA approved to the third, they say, the third most intelligent animals in the world. Most people are against what we show them in the streets or they're against what happens to these animals in this industry. But only a small percentage are prepared to stand up and be people. This is what I say to in an outreach. I ask people to, it's how they view animals, not how they view their food. It's how we have to change people's view. They're called livestock in the industry. Stock, like a can of baked beans yeah. or a container load of couches coming in from China. If we viewed animals different and not as a commodity and an object, people will, will genderize their cars or their motorbikes or their boats with a she or a he. And yet they treat a live living being like an object and call a cow it. Those very same people. They'll say the cow doesn't have feelings, but they call their car she sitting in the garage. That's bizarre. And I've learned all this since being the, the hypocrisy that I lived is also what everyone else lives. That is the deeper connection that I was referring to earlier <laughs> because like a programmer on a computer, people saying, you have no idea of the access to data out there. What I see is once you've gone vegan, everything starts becoming clear in a way that you could never experience unless you do it yourself you start seeing little things like what you just said that people will call their car he and she and then refer to a cow as it you know i i i've known all my life that they were live living beings i never felt comfortable going into a butcher shop in the meat departments and supermarkets never ever felt comfortable now I know why. When you look at languaging again, think about mm. the other terms and phrases that we use as common that separates, once again, causing harm to animals, such as killing two birds with one stone. When I think about it, who'd want to kill even one bird? You want to go kill two birds with one stone, meaning that that person has considered seeing a living being happily living his or her life that decides to fly away, is happily flying to whatever destination, enjoying their one life, and then that person picks up a stone and throws it violently towards that bird gets knocked in the head, causing unknown amounts of pain, have that bird shocked and absolutely confused, 
fall to the ground and have no idea why that happened, considering that bird was not doing anybody any harm and was simply living his or her purpose, flying around, living his or her one life. What that comes straight to mind is there's not enough room to swing a cat. Now, what do most people think when, when you say that? A cat you, you walk into a small into a small room and you go, wow, there's not enough room to swing a cat. It's actually a cat of nine tails. It's a whip. The full phrase is there's not enough room to swing a cat of nine tails. And a cat is a whip. But it doesn't mean a, a meowing cat, a pet cat. It, it means a whip with nine tails on it. Have you got any others? Um, how we use animals for in our own oh, language? Uh, well, there's always the derogatory ones. Isn't it? You're a dog. You're a pig. You're a snake. Um, I mean, my answer now is no. Dogs are good. You know, no pigs are, are lovely. You know, that's when someone says that. And hey, what's the snake done? You know, he can't help having not having any legs. You know, stuff like that. And I remember hearing Earthling Ed say this. He, when he first discovered how bad the industry is, how horrific, he shared it and told his friends and his parents and everyone, don't you know? And they all went, yeah, 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 we know, yeah, we don't want to talk about it. And I just lost friends. I lost them. And I thought, I'm, I'm trying to help them. Don't they know about this? Apparently they did. Or well, they knew as much as me, but they didn't want to know anymore. I wanted to know more. I remember having conversations, you know, with uh, numerous friends once they understood that I was an activist because they'd see my social media posts. And um, one woman said, oh, it's so good that you're doing what you do. We need more people like you. And she didn't expect the reaction that she got because I said to her, well, are you vegan? Are you going vegan? And she says, no, I could never do that. And I said to her, you know, I'm protecting these animals from you. And she got pretty frustrated by that. I said, I don't know any other way to word it except to say I went through the same thing. I understood the same issues and I finally connected and I see what you're doing. I see your social media post. I see how you will go to a, a seafood restaurant and cook up a lobster, the likely died in absolute abject terror. But now you're saying that the world needs more people like me, but why does the world need more people like me? It's because there's people like you. you. But I'm protecting all of these beings and I'm fighting for the, the lives and the rights of all these beings from you and people like you. Well, I, my brother just gave me all his full support in what I do. Right. I, f- I fully support me. you. Oh, God. I fully support what you yeah, do. Um, and, and, I, and I had to tell him, I'm sorry, you you don't. You're, you're against me. I said, you're not, not getting it. I said, I said, it doesn't work like that. And he took, this was all probably in, a, in, in written word on Messenger, so, you know, not a conversation. And, um, yeah, it went sort of pretty bad and, it, I, I think he, he took it real offensive, you know, like he wants to, oh, yeah, you're doing a really great thing. Your morals are really good. You know, I ex- explained he's, you know, he's doing it for, he's killing animals for a sandwich. 
It's unnecessary. That's what makes it immoral. Every single excuse he gave me, there was five or six in two or three messages, five, six, seven excuses that I could deal with, you know, a couple of months after being vegan. It it was just 12-year-old stuff. Um, And I said, look, look, Tony, I, I can counter all your arguments with facts and logic, but I won't, except one. He tried to claim he didn't want to be told. This was his last excuse. He didn't want to be told to eat substitutes and tablets. That was in, in the excuse list. I don't want to be told to eat tablets and substitutes. So I said, I, I won't I won't bother countering them all. I said, except one. I said, the vitamin, multi-million dollar vitamin industry exists because of non-vegans. They're all non-vegans, so they're not for us. You know, that that whole industry exists because of non-vegans. The population of vegans is within the millions, but there are billions of people on the planet. So if a, yeah. if a health food company or a medical company want to make the most money possible, who will they target? The billions, not the millions, but they'll target the billions. And the billions That's right, but they, are the non-vegans. But they could make all those vitamins in vegan, couldn't they? Looking at corporations and the like is another topic, but, you know, for this conversation, you know, we are focusing on the connection between one human, a population a non, of... A non-human animal. Yeah. And not just one, but animal. every one of them. To walk mm. through life in observance instead of taking. So if somebody was wanting to scuba dive, they don't need to take a spear gun. They can take a camera. If they wanted to go into the bush and see a deer, they could take a camera, not a gun. Because once they've taken that life, that life is gone. I believe, Greg, the the most honest and truthful words are the best. If they're ready. They've got to be ready to cop it on the chin. That's how I do my outreach. You know, I I say that this is because of you. This is happening because of you, your choices. We've been too scared to say the truth as raw as it can be for a long time. I know when I first started out, I was like, I understand. Maybe you could just make a few changes and go slowly. But I I did all that. I, I, I went through the typical... I was watching all this horror online, but I was also seeing how great it is for the environment to be and how great it was for your health. While I was in the Philippines, I, I sold it to people on all three, you know, and it was so wrong looking back. It, it never worked. I didn't convince one person to go vegan. I'd start with the animals. I'd say, yeah, but you know, it's cruelty. You know, yeah, but I love bacon, you know. And I'd go, yeah, it's really bad for your health. Do you know that? You know, it's group one cancer and all that. And they go, oh, yeah, but, you know, I don't know that much. And I go, do you know what it's doing to the environment? I went through all three. And then back to the animals. And then gave up. Because none of it worked. I came back to Australia. I wasn't coached into it. But I did it a couple of times where I was a little bit angry. And that these were with people I knew. And I said it in the most brutal way. And within a couple of days, they contacted me and said they'd gone vegan. Oh, wow. It works. 
it actually works doing that. And then because I wasn't coached in it, I didn't really know how to master it because I just did it ad lib at the two, at the two different individual times. Um, and those people are both still vegan two years later, a year and a half later. It is the most direct way to do it. Hold them accountable. They may not go vegan on the spot. I regularly, Greg, as you know, I, I feel at the time, I think you do too, um, I had four people a couple of weeks ago, the last year. I know they left the conversation. Two groups, two girls and a guy and a girl. Two separate couples. And they left me as vegans. The two Indian girls came back the next day to the demonstration to come and say hi, and they are now vegan. And that is from being brutal, but honest. It's the truth. Our actions define us, not our words. And I use that phrase in my outreach, and it seems to work. They can say whatever they like. I used to say it, Greg. I'm against animal cruelty. No, I wasn't. I was, a, I was an hypocrite. Complete and utter, inconsistent hypocrite. And all other things in our lives you're in, are inconsistent when you're not vegan. And when you become vegan, everything seems to become, well, as for me, about consistency. We've been lied to all our bloody lives. That's what it comes down to. We've been lied to. We need milk for calcium. No, we need calcium. We don't need milk for it. But, yes, someone can lie to you, but you have a responsibility to know the truth. Yeah, we never questioned it, did we? And if we were to apply that same value to, say, a one-on-one relationship and you suspected that your partner was cheating on you, but you didn't really have any evidence about it. And, you know, later on that you found out that your partner was in fact cheating on you, you could have said, well, I didn't know, but you had a responsibility to yourself to know the truth so that you could end it and move forward instead of living with the damage. And it's anything at all if you apply that same value to I've been lied to and we do this across the entire population, they have a responsibility because people will lie to you each and every day. But we have a responsibility to know the truth and someone can lie to yeah. us. The industry can lie to us. The meat, dairy, well, we well, should refill the flesh secretions and bird period industry lies to us daily. Look at the marketing, happy cow photos, RSPCA approved. We have a responsibility if we are going to be consistent. Yeah, if we're going to say we're consistent in our values that we care about the truth, then we have an, an obligation to understand the lies, know the truth, and take action on that truth instead of just allowing us to continue to be controlled. Yeah. And that's, that's on anything. So putting the, uh, the flesh industry aside, that's on anything. I've um, had people say to me when doing outreach, yes, I know. Wow. I never knew this before. I didn't understand this before. I said, you've got a responsibility to know the truth, but here we stand today 
I'm going to take you at face value that you said you didn't know this before and you're against animal yeah. cruelty. So you can never say again that you didn't know. You now know. The question is, mm-hmm. comes down to your own personal character, whether it's weak, whether it's strong, and whether it's consistent or inconsistent. Are you, from here going forward, going to continue participating in animal abuse while saying you're against it, or are you going to take action and change? Let your actions speak for what you believe. I want to kind of just touch yeah. uh, uh, on one other topic, because we're going to have vegans and vegan activists uh, yeah. l- potentially listening to this. What I've found over the last few years is that we have millions of vegans around the world, but we would have in one Facebook group I know, there's over 10,000 uh, activists. But when you look yeah. at actual activists' events, there are less than a dozen showing up in each city. Yes, behind the scenes you'll have rescuers and you'll have disruptors. They are quite rare. Not everybody rescues. There's, you know, very few people that are able to get involved with that for whatever reason. But the easiest way to get into activism is outreach, is protest, is, um, you know, campaigns to start groups and, um, you know, bake sales and, you know, raising money and things like this. But each week we don't see that. We don't see, um, you know, raising money at, um, you know, a Bunnings, uh, you know, doing a sausage sizzle, a, a vegan sausage sizzle for raising money for lamb care or for some other purpose. We just don't see it every weekend yeah. consistently. We get a dozen people at most showing up to Anonymous for the Voiceless. And, um, you know, in other groups in the city, it's quiet. What would you say to that? How do you inspire people? How do we get people to be active and actually spend their weekends, considering you and I are, well, are in for life? Well, well, as you know, I started up Vegan Action Melbourne with Julia and Kat. I call it a sign cube or a, you know, a sign demo. We've attracted a few non-AV members, so we're actually growing, and these are people who are just, well, two or three of them have just met us in the street. So that is in itself creating exactly what I wanted with the group to create activists as well as more vegans. How do we get more out there? I, I, I don't know. There's so many that I'm friends with. And I, when we met through AV or any other meeting or event, you feel you have a connection and you get to know people and then they just don't turn up again. I can't see myself doing anything else. What else could they be doing that is more important every week? You know, like, I understand we all have lives and we can't do it every single time and we can't all do every single event. If you look at the thousands of activists, available activists, so just a few years ago where they had the 3,000-person Dominion March, let's just look at, say, 3,000 people and say, I don't know, 500 each week can dedicate one a month, one weekend a month. You would have 500 people every week out of that 3,000 people. I don't know the answer, Greg. All I can think is that in the last two years of disrupted lives, people have moved on and doing other things, had babies. But I know a, a young young couple who have just had twins last year 
and they're going to every event they can, you know, and they travel 150 kilometers to do it every weekend that they can. And that's nearly every weekend. Twin babies, it's a bit of a handful, but they still do it. It comes down to Um, motivation. In anything, motivation. Harking back to what we were talking about at the beginning is that deeper connection where most people live on the surface and just to delve underneath to take action on something you know is inherently wrong and suddenly everything becomes clearer. And it's not just a – it guides your diet – so it's not you're not doing it for a diet. You're not doing it just to change what you eat yep. each and every day. Just my brother's argument went straight, straight to: Can you please stop attacking my diet? I'm not, happy with my diet. It's not diet. And, and he's so is he is he being willfully ignorant towards what it's about? And I, and I, I, I responded with: It's not about your diet, Tony. It's about justice. It, it's the difference between right and wrong. Let's keep plug, I was going to say, let's keep plugging away at each individual and hopefully this connection that we discussed through our uh, discussion today made a connection with some people um, at some level and they just hopefully take away the fact that we do what we do in our diet, not because of the diet, but because we're guided by one essential ingredient to life and that is seeing each and every other being around us knowing that they suffer and that we don't want to participate in that suffering we define ourselves by living and let live Mm. i was told that by one of my non-vegan friends Mm. oh terry can't you just live and let live i nearly fell in the heat and i said i am can't you live and let live and then she's got upset another friend lost in the dust you know? yeah just with a, a truth mm. another friend I've not actually had another conversation with it Terry thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it no, no problem Greg. no problem that's been good that is Terry from Vegan Action he has created a group in Melbourne and now he has expanded out into the Philippines if you'd like to find out more about Explore Life you can find me at YouTube at Explore Life Films Until next time.